Well, welcome everyone to another episode of the Creative Collective Podcast. Uh, This is Jen. My co-host Kelly is here with me today, and we are thrilled to bring our first guest outside of a podcast uh, for just Kelly and myself interviewing each other. Um, Today, we are focusing on reducing the clutter, both mentally and physically. So we have brought Maria Butler. Maria is an entrepreneur and certified professional organizer serving the Triangle area of North Carolina through her business, Clearly Organized. Maria has a passion for helping others, and she approaches every project with empathy and tact, and I know this. I can attest directly to this, as she has helped me in the past in my home. The work that she does for physical spaces is immense, but we'd be remiss if we didn't also mention the mental load that is unpacked, no pun intended. We are thrilled to have Maria with us today and cannot wait for you to hear what she has to share on reducing clutter physically and mentally. Welcome, Maria. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Of course, of course. Um, So I've given everybody a little bit of an intro, but we do also appreciate hearing directly from our guests. Um, If you could just share a little bit of, you know, yourself and your journey into the world of home organization and decluttering, what inspired you to pursue this field? Well, it was it was definitely an interesting road. Um, I am a teacher. I am a mom. I am a wife. Um, I taught elementary school for over 10 years and then decided to be a stay-at-home mom with my own children. Um, through all of this, I was always the one that kind of got people organized and, you know, kept my things together and kind of made the plans and was, you know, the in charge of those kinds of things and, and really enjoyed it. Um, once my kids were a little bit older, they were in high school and middle school, we you know, we're looking at what am I going to do now? You know, I've been home, I've done that, and I needed something else. Um, Went back teaching part-time, loved it. Um, Pandemic hit, and that was just no longer an option. So I decided that, you know, there was something else I needed to do. And, you know, toyed around the idea of organizing, um, was addicted to the home edit, was addicted to Marie Kondo show, and thought, you know, I, I can do this. So I sat down and talked to my husband and he's like, yeah, I think that's a great idea. And so we started kind of playing around with it. And, you know, I said, oh, maybe I should play around and make a website or, you know, something like that. And just kind of off the hand. And he said, yeah, let's do that. Pulls it up. And he's like, let's get you a domain. I'm like, no, I'm not ready for that yet. He said, yep, you are. Click. And he bought my domain. And that's kind of <laughs> how it started. Um he kind of pushed me a little bit into it because he knows that I'm kind of a scaredy cat when it comes to stuff like that. So he really was the one that was the catalyst to get me going. And it's just taken off and has just been the most fun adventure I've ever had, I think. Yeah, well, really great to hear about your journey. Um, and on behalf of myself and everybody else that you have ever supported, thank you for making that leap because what you do is profound and deeply needed in this world. So thank you. Um, yeah. So, you know, in that same respect, um, as you know, you've, you've been in my home before you, you've helped out with organization in my home and with so many others, but 
um, you know, a lot of people struggle with clutter in general, you know, not just in their homes, but in their head and, you know, in their life. Um, what do you feel like, or what have you observed are some of those common reasons or psychological factors that contribute to clutter and how do you feel like they can be addressed? Wow. There are so many reasons. Um, we work a lot with people like yourself who are young moms who are working full-time. A lot of them, some of them are not, um, and for them, the clutter is really situational. It's really kind of a product of trying to figure out a balance between what the kids need, what they need, what their job is. They're pulled in so many different directions. Um, that's really the biggest thing that we see are those moms who are just kind of stuck and things have gotten out of control and they're overwhelmed and just need a little help. You know, if they can just get a little help, a good system going they can maintain it. It's just, you know, they're drowning. You know, motherhood is hard. Um, it's the best job in the whole world, but it is one of the hardest jobs in the whole world. And finding that balance can be tough. And, you know, if you're up all night with a baby, as I'm sure you understand, it's mm -hmm. rough. And, you know, getting things organized kind of falls to the wayside, even though it is something that really in the end could help. The process of getting there can be very tough. We've also worked with people that, you know, the clutter and the disorganization comes from more of a mental illness um, or something traumatic that's happened to them. We've worked with people that are on that hoarding scale and those are not people that want to be there. They don't want to live in that clutter. They don't want to live with that. Um, mm -hmm. They want to get out of it, but that's the only way they found to bring some control to the world that they live in. And really be able to, you know, it's the one thing they can control is their immediate environment. And as crazy as it may sound, or, you know, as unhealthy as it may sound, when you have no control over anything in your world, the, you latch onto the one thing you can control. Um, it's really hard. Those situations are very hard. Um, we take them very seriously. Um, you know, a lot of people end up in those 40 situations because they're going through a lot of grief. Um, they've lost a family member or lost a job or, you know, something really traumatic has happened to them. And it's kind of the catalyst for getting that going. So um, and some people are, you know, coming at it from we've worked with young professionals that are ADD or ADHD and they have just a hard time focusing long enough to get things set up. Um, and they're overwhelmed. So they also fall in that category of, you know, if we can just get in there and get them a good system, then they're going to do very well. Yeah, I, I appreciate you speaking on that. And that's what I really appreciate about the work that you do is you recognize it's not just, you know, one certain population or demographic that is affected and can be affected by this. Um, and you've truly probably seen you've probably seen it all, um, the span of yeah. things. Um, you know, one of the things that really hits home for me as a creative, I'm sure Kelly can kind of speak to this too, is we just always have so much going on in our brains. Like when you think of, I mean, I can tell you right now, I have over 40 tabs open on my Safari right now <laughs> on my phone. Um, that's just how I always am. I recently cut it down from over 70 tabs, but how do you feel like, you know, someone who is involved in so much wants to do so much when we think about not just kind of like that physical clutter, but that mental clutter, what are some of those things that 
you feel like are really easy, identifiable things that we can tap into to reduce that mental clutter as well? I think routines are really important. When when you're a really creative person, and I'm guilty of having all the tabs open, I, mm-hmm. I get that. Um, when you're a really, really creative person, you need a routine and you need to establish some habits that are organized in a fashion that will allow you to be creative and not get lost kind of, I love the expression, not get lost in the weeds. And it works really mm-hmm. great for motherhood and it works really great for this. Um, so many tabs open, you could spend two hours just filling, you know, filtering through the tabs. Oh, what do I want to do today? What's inspiring to me today? And then actually get nothing done. Mm-hmm. So if you can clear some of that clutter, organize those tabs in some way so that you've got a place that you can go when you need inspiration instead of hunting for the inspiration. You know, for example, if you had your tabs organized, you know, these are my art inspirations. These are my possible book inspirations. You know, I want to learn how to crochet. So here are my crochet inspirations, you know, and had them organized that way. When you sit down to do something to use that creativity, which I know you guys really do have, you're not wasting two hours just going through all the tabs. And it's the same thing with anything in your home. You know, why are we wasting two or three hours hunting through the pantry to find the things that we know we bought that have gotten buried at the back? If it's organized, then you can get to the activity. You're not, the path isn't so hard. It's not full of obstacles and things in the way to get to the end goal. Um, You know, the path, although is relevant and the path is important, you want the path to be meaningful too. You don't want it just full of clutter and obstacles. That resonates so much with me because I for sure am the same as Jen with the tabs. And uh, there's almost like a comfort to the chaos. Like, I don't know if that... Mm -hmm. That is part of what you experience, but like, it's kind of like if like my desktop is like too clean, I'm like, this feels off to me. (laughs) Like I need, I need a little bit, like almost is like helps a little bit, but I love the, the thought process of having tools and systems and, and also knowing yourself, uh, so that, you know, what's going to help you. And for me, I'll say like one of the things that's like the hardest for me is like getting, getting started in the morning because I do have that like overwhelming list of like 45 things (laughs) and everything seems of like equal importance. Um, But I, that's something I've been really trying to work on is figuring out what my daily system should look like. Uh, and and it's interesting too, because that's like in your physical spaces, it's so important. But then also just like having those established systems, routines, like you said, things that kind of like remind you, how, move you along in the process, right? Um so I love that. I love that idea. I'm already like thinking about how I'm going to do things differently now. <laughs> well, I kind of want to touch a little bit on something that's connected to that. Um, so sometimes those things are there as a way to procrastinate. 
Like I know when I'm needing to do something that I'm dreading, I have that same list with 45 items on it because I know the things deep down that I really need to get done. And I think sometimes we allow those obstacles to be there so that we can procrastinate legitimately and be able to say, well, you know, I just didn't get to it today. I had this and this and this and this in the way. And, you know, it sounds really good. Um, and please know this is uh, um, some, some of my own truth coming out here. I am very guilty of procrastination, especially if I'm not jam-packed. If I'm jam-packed, I'm, I'm much better at getting things done. It's the whole thing like in college, when you have 20 hours of credit you're taking, I do much better than when I had 12 to 13, um, you know, because I knew I was forced. I didn't have time to procrastinate. And I think some of us, myself included, I'm not calling anybody out, but myself, um, it, it, those things get to be a comforting habit to allow us the excuse not to do maybe some of the things we need to do that aren't part of the fun creative process, but are a necessity to the creative process. Does that kind of make sense? Like I, okay. I don't know the percentage of people that maybe fall into that category. I think there's, there's also this other category that I know I have for sure fallen into over the past few weeks. And Jen and I have been talking about this a lot, but I like, I've been really in the weeds, let's use it um, with anxiety. And mm -hmm. it has been overwhelming for me, brain fog, anxiety, and I know I'm not the only one that deals with this, uh, but with that came this like self-talk that was like, why aren't you doing what you're supposed to be doing? You need to be taking care of that. You used to be able to do X number of tasks in a day, and now you're not what is wrong with you? And it really kind of could like spiral on any given day. And then that mm -hmm. energy took away from any creative energy I could have had or energy to actually get things done. And then at the end of the day, I would get like nothing done, feel guilty again. And the cycle continued. So I do think there's probably a group of people who do fall into what you're talking about. I think me specifically, I think I'm like coming out of it, but I think I for sure could not see what I needed to see because of the anxiety and because of the brain fog. And it's crazy because like I had the awareness something was going on, but, in but until you like can like really like pull yourself out of it, you know, and, and like that's, it's a whole nother, like this is a whole other episode to be honest, but I do think that, that there are those maybe two camps and maybe even a third. I don't know. But I think like if it was as easy as like, mm, I'm just procrastinating, it's like a different conversation. But it's been like, for me anyway, challenging. And I don't know what's going on because a lot of people are dealing with the same thing lately, it seems. They I are, just want to say... Oh, sorry. I was just going to okay, say sorry. somewhere my husband can hear this conversation and is laughing because I fall into the <laughs> procrastination category. Like it never fails. It is like 
T minus one hour. And that's just, I am, you know, feeling the stress, I'm feeling the anxiety. And then it's kind of that, oh no moment, <laughs> this, this needs to get done. And then afterwards, I always say to him, like, why did I wait? Why did I wait? Why, why does this continue to be a theme? And I'm just like, why does, why do I keep doing this to myself? Why do we all keep doing these things to ourselves? You know? I think identifying that though, and when we work with clients, identifying those things are really helpful because then we can put in workarounds for that and systems for that. And I, I will tell you the biggest thing we tell our clients is grace. Give yourself some grace. Give yourself some grace. Um, nobody is fully productive every single day. Nobody is completely on it all the time, ready to go. My house is not completely organized. Um, you would probably die if you saw some of the rooms in my house right now because it's, you know, I'm in a stage of transition. You know, I have one that's off at college, one that's in high school. And, you know, it's, you know, we're starting to look at colleges for him and, you know, we're all going in different directions. You know, we're all adjusting to the fact that I'm working and I'm not home all the time to get all the things done that everybody else used to depend on me to get done. And they're having to do that. So grace, I think, is a huge thing. And it's a huge thing we try to instill with our clients is, you know, let's set up a good system for you. Let's show you how to do this. But let's also remember that we're all human and that we're all going to have days where we're just not going to do it the right way. It's just not going to happen. And and Kelly, I think you're right. The anxiety thing adds a whole a whole nother level to this. Um, and I think with anxiety, and this is just my personal opinion, those systems and those routines can add some comfort in there. Um, it's like little kids. They like routines. I think adults are just the same. We like routines. We like knowing what's what to expect. And when you're feeling particularly anxious, if you have a routine set, if you have something in place like that, that you know how things are going to go, then there's one less thing to be anxious about. You kind of already know, okay, I know this is how this works. I know how to do this. I can just kind of not sleepwalk through it, but just get through it. And I don't have to put as much thought into this because I know that this is my process every day when I get up. Um, and that's as simple as the, you know, maybe the anxiety starts when you go in your closet and you cannot figure out what's where that day. And it just kind of sets a spiral going downward. I mean, whatever it is that sets you off or contributes to the anxiety, that might be a good place to start with a routine or some organization. Yes, that's awesome. I love that. Um, for sure. I mean, I feel like I need you and then like a team, like a therapist, like a, like I'm going to just have like a whole lineup like they do on the hoarder show. Like that's, that's what I need right now. So need to set that up soon. <laughs> yeah. Well, I appreciate you speaking to that because you're right. Like, I feel like it can be, it can be so easy to fall into that of like you know, if something like actually like sets you off and then it just kind of like sets back your day. And, and I appreciate you to kind of spoke to, you know, making sure that you can put systems in place, um, which is what I think, you know, 
where that kind of blends the the physical and mental together, right? Like if you've got a system in place for all of the physical stuff, perhaps that's just one thing that you can just take off of your mind because you do have a million other things to do. Can you give an example of a system? Like, I'm just curious, like we're talking about systems, like, oh, it's a system, but like what specifically, <laughs> like give, give us a tip. What okay. kind of system? So like I touched on the closet thing. Okay. okay. So when we set up closets, I, this sounds crazy, but closets to me are super important, especially if you're a mom and you're working, because the last thing you need to do is walk into your closet in the morning first thing because that's usually what most of us do right we get up get a shower go in our closet that's how we start our day mm-hmm. so we like to set up closets so that it's easy to find what you need for most of our clients and we don't do this for everybody because some people this does not work it drives them crazy and that's fine we'll find a different system but for most of our clients we set up first by sleeve length so strapless sleeveless within categories so all your shirts will be by sleeve length, then dresses by sleeve length, skirts, pants, all those by length. Um, And then within each category, we do it by color. So depending on who you get, um, I like black, white, and then I do Roy G. Biv, kindergarten teacher, I mean, I can't help it. Um, Melissa, who is my lead organizer, she does like to dark. And so we'll talk to the client about what makes sense to them. And then it's easy. You know, okay, one, it allows you to weed out what you have too many of. You can see what's in there, what doesn't work. We stress the importance of making sure what is hanging in your closet fits. What is hanging in your closet works. Um, And then that's less decisions you have to make. You're not digging through, trying to find something that you don't know where it is. You know you have a black skirt, but you can't find it because it's buried under the bottom of the closet in the back. Because last time you put it on, it didn't fit right. So you threw it on the floor because you were frustrated. So just that kind of system is what we like to set up. We even teach our clients that after we go through your closet and we have you set up, you know, we all have those mornings where you do try something on and you decide, I don't like this anymore. Or you find a stain or you find something. We keep a box a bag. It doesn't matter. It could be a Target bag. It could be a grocery store bag. It doesn't matter what it is. Don't get hung up on that part of it. Just keep something in the bottom of your closet so that when you have a morning like that, you take it and you put it in the bag. And it's kind of, we joke that it's the halfway house. So you put that item in that halfway house. And when that bag is full, if you've not pulled those items out, it's probably going to be a month, two months, three months, whatever. Get rid of it. You haven't needed it. Um, a lot of people like to do the backwards hanger trick for the same thing. You turn all the hangers backwards at the beginning of the season. And then what's not turned around, you didn't wear. I I can't be bothered to do that. Um, I I just too high maintenance for me personally. It does work for some people, but that's what I'm talking about when I'm talking about systems in your bathroom, when you're getting ready, what do you need every single day? Have that convenient sitting right there waiting for you. You don't need the glam makeup every single day. Most of us. Keep that in a drawer. I know, I know, Kelly. I, you can see me too as well. But I made um, a shocked face. Like, what? I don't. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I wish I had a life. I needed that glam makeup every day, but you don't. So, what do you need? Like, what do you need every morning when you get ready? What are you going to streamline to do that? Same thing with a pantry. You know, you get home. You've been working all day. The kids are starving. Your husband's starving. You're starving. It's easier to call and order a pizza 
than it is to go dig through your pantry if you don't know where anything is. And then you pull out something that you've remembered buying and because you're busy, you don't remember if it was six months ago or six weeks ago and you, you know, pull it out and it's expired. So, you know, all that leads to frustration, all that leads to um, anxiety, it leads to stress. So if your pantry is set up and, you know, Jen can tell you, we go in and we make categories according to the families. You know, what does that family use? What do they need? And we try to make those categories so that they grow with your family. So they aren't so uber, you know, super specific that you can't um, grow with them. But it kind of helps you keep, maintain what you've got and see what's there and what you're missing and makes grocery shopping just a little bit easier. Um, so those are the kinds of systems we like to put in place. Um, things that are just very straightforward, very easy, very maintainable, but are also very valuable in helping you reduce stress and reduce clutter. Yeah. I, I, I mean, first of all, the closet, now that you have like actually outlined that, I mean, how much time I could actually save in the mornings or like, even if it's, you know, oh gosh, I know that I have to do go out to this event or this meeting like later in the afternoon, if I could go ahead and just have my stuff in order, that definitely would reduce a lot of anxiety for me. And it's, it's so the, the pantry system that you actually touched on, you're right. Like it definitely helps, um, you know, kind of get things in order when life is crazy, but it's also interesting because the ripple effect that this has created, So obviously, you know, if, if I've kind of got this reduced mental load, I have more capacity and I'm speaking specifically for my familial, my situation with my family, um, is, you know, I've got, I've got kids to worry about and a husband and we have dogs and we have work and it's just, it's a lot, but it's so interesting because our daughter now knows where to look for things. And Mm -hmm. we have been able to translate that down to her. And so she goes and she sees, and she's actually told us before, Hey, we're, we're out of bananas. We need bananas. They're supposed to be in this spot. And, and it's nice to actually have that system in place, not just for us to like, feel like we have some things all together, but it's nice to actually have that in place because we are then instilling, you know, in kind of that future generation, if you will this is, you know, this is helpful. This is why it's helpful to have these things in place, because that's one less thing that we need to worry about. You know, we already know we can see that vacant spot. We know that it's empty. We can add it to the grocery list. That way we don't forget it next time. Um, so, uh, your systems, I mean, I've I've got to try the closet thing. That's pretty, that's pretty impactful. That's, that's going to save a lot of time and everything in the mornings, um, and a lot of anxiety in general. So think about your daughter and how, you know, she's little, but think about how, Mm -hmm. um, how much that increases her self-esteem True, because she knows she's helping mom. Mm -hmm. Um, she is being a true member of the family, right? She is a contributing member of the family. She is helping. She, I mean, all those things lead to our end goal or what I feel should be our end goal as parents is that we're producing independent, productive human beings that are going to contribute to society. And she's learning those good habits. Seriously. Yeah. She's learning those. Kelly's just crossed her fingers for us. (laughs) 
<laughs> she is learning those good habits from you. And she's yeah. seeing that, you know, it, it gives her self-worth too. I mean, yeah. just, just forget the whole, you know, gosh, thanks for letting me put that on the grocery list. I don't yeah. have to go back to the grocery store tomorrow because none of us want to do that. But, you know, just all the benefits that you get, um, the modeling for your kids and, you know, those things that you get out of living this lifestyle. And it's probably not always going to be perfect. And that's okay. I think it's good for our kids to see both sides. I think it's good for mm -hmm. them to see our successes and kind of where we struggle and, you know, how we deal with those struggles. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, it's, it's funny with you in mind, we actually did a toy edit recently and that was a process. God bless you for what yeah. you do every day, because that was a long two day process. Um, and it's funny, you know, I'd say, Hey, well, we've got this toy and, you know, should it go in the donate pile or the keep pile? And there was a little struggle there of, Oh, we should definitely keep it. Well, you haven't played with it, you know, in six months. Well, but I'm going to play with it now. So, you know, it, it got me kind of thinking about, you know, we're talking about, you know, reducing the clutter of those like sentimental things. How do you stay attached to them, but knowing there's no purpose for it anymore? Like how, and, and I even think about that, you know, with, with like my creative work, right. With Like I talked about earlier with all those tabs I had open, it was so hard to let go of some of those tabs when I know I can just pull them up again. But like, how do you detach from that? I just, it's, it seems like such a struggle for me all the time. And I'm sure, you know, it's probably a struggle for other people too. It's hard. Um, I, I'm, I'm not even going to pretend like it's not hard. It's hard. I struggle with it. We all struggle with it. We love to, I think as people attach emotions to things mm -hmm. and we're convinced that the things are going to keep us remembering the things are going to keep us connected. And to some extent, you know, that can be true with certain things. Um, when we've dealt with this with clients, it's, it's a process. I am, and maybe I'm different than other organizers. I don't have problem with people. If they have something that's really important to them that they want to keep and they've got the space or they're willing to give up something else to make the space, I, I'm fine. I mean, we all have are different. We all value different things. Um, one thing that has really helped me personally to get rid of things is knowing that someone else can use it, is that it could be helpful to someone else. Um, I've told several clients this story. You know, my mom passed away my senior year of college and my husband and I got married a month before she passed away. I moved all of her things with me through six moves um not because i was using them not because i needed them but simply because i just could not get rid of them it took me years to get rid of them i'm an only child um my mom it was just my mom and i for most of my life and you know it was devastating and it was extremely mm -hmm. hard to get rid of but what finally helped me come to the realization to get rid of it was that you know that those clothes are sitting in a box I'm not wearing them. I'm not using them. There are people out there that are cold that could mm -hmm. use the clothes for a job interview, that could use the clothes just to have clothes. Um, you know, that kind of helped me get rid of it. And I think there comes a point where you realize holding on to that stuff isn't going to bring the person back. It's not going to remember, you're not going to remember them anymore. 
So what I did is I pulled out a couple of things that I had vivid memories of her in. And I kept those couple things. And the rest, I was finally able to let it go. So we talked through those things with people. And um, I don't feel like my job is to force anybody to get rid of anything. Right. Um, that, that's, that's not what we're about. You know, mm-hmm. there are ways to store things. There are ways to minimize the space they take up. What I do encourage people to do is if there is something like that that's super special to them, display it. Put mm-hmm. it where you can see it. Put it where you can enjoy it, especially if it's wrapped up in a box somewhere. Put mm-hmm. it out. If it's that meaningful to you that you can't get rid of it, then do something with it. You know, put it up, use it. If it's you know, grandma's dishes and you just can't bear to get rid of them because you have so many memories, use them. You know, if it's fine channel, use it every Christmas, use it once a week for a fancy dinner, something so that the value is not only there in the memory, but it becomes a value in that you see it and it makes you um, remember things. It makes you feel good. It makes you feel happy. So, you know, I think it's a case by case thing when you're talking about that. Now with kids and toys, that's a whole, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, that's hard. They, they're going to instantly love what they haven't seen. That's one reason we really encourage parents to do some type of a toy rotation. It helps. They get tired of their toys. You pull them down. A lot of us, and I'm guilty of this, have too many toys for our kids and they're overwhelmed. Yeah. Yeah. I think, gosh, what you just said there, that last word overwhelm, I think that's, that's just plays into like a huge thing of, you know, what is what is all of this stuff that we have just causing so much overwhelm? And mm-hmm. if we can figure out like how to just re- not ne- like you said, like not even just reduce things, but just learn how to manage things better too. Like, even if you just want to keep it around. Um, yeah. And then I, I was kind of thinking about like, as you were talking, you were talking about, um, you know, something to the effect of like, it made me think of what I was thinking was, you know, if I'm able to reduce all this in my life, how can I show up better too? Because then I'm not as overwhelmed and and overloaded. So it's like, how can I show up better if I end up letting this piece go so that I can, you know, show up better, not just for, you know, myself and for my family, but I also think about for my clients too. Um, You know, if somebody reaches out to me and they've got a question about like an event that I'm getting ready to help with, do I have a lot on my plate right now? Because if I do, am I going to be able to effectively respond to them and, you know, give them the attention that they need? Probably not. So this is like, this has caused me a lot of introspection and reflection of, you know, how can all this, you know, like I said, not just manifest physically, but, you know, mentally too, so that I can show up as my best self for everybody else and for myself. So really impactful. Thank you. It was just making me think about, so many things one was bringing it into the house so like things that come into the house need to earn the right to come into the house you know what I mean like like that and I I knew there was a time in my life where I thought about this a lot more like when I was at the store you know do you need it because it's on sale like right you want it because it's on sale because it's five dollars <laughs> off but like let's yeah. be real whatever like do you have a place for it do you have a need for it will it bring you joy in some kind of way and not go to you know in the bag to take to donations and 
like a couple months. So, and then the other thing it made me think about was gifts. So we're coming into the holiday season and I've tried for like a while to encourage the people in our lives and our kids' lives to gift experiences. And I know this is like a big thing, like out there. The harder part is when the uh, relatives in question may not want to follow that and how, you know, how to navigate that. Uh, because probably one of the hardest things is all the clutter that comes ends up coming in that I didn't ask for, that we didn't ask for. But uh, specifically, I have one child who, you know, more is more. <laughs> so, the, and, sh- and she kind of loves that and thrives off of it, but then is over it in, you know, a, a week and doesn't want to clean up after it and doesn't want to, you know... So it it kind of brought up so much for me as I'm thinking about here come the holidays again, everything, Mm -hmm. like all our like toy bins and whatnot that they don't even touch are full and we're probably going to have more coming. Uh, Do you have any tips on navigating that? Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) So first of all, prepare ahead. So I love the experience gifts. We've done that with our own kids. The other thing as a mom with a child in college that I highly recommend is especially grandparents, uh, you know, relatives that are closer, sometimes you can get away with asking more of them than just, you know, the friend that sends your kids presents and you appreciate that they think about your kids. So you don't really know how to tell them, please don't send this junk to my house anymore. Um, I would ask for donations to college funds. Um, you know, those that you feel you're close enough that you can do that too. And that's kind of one of those, you know, judgment call things you have to make. But before Christmas comes, this is a great time to teach your kids some empathy, to teach them about giving. You know, Christmas, they focus on, and my kids were the same, what am I going to get? Well, here's my list. What's Santa going to bring me? What, you know, what's, what's the little elf, you know, going to do? What kind of treat is he going to bring me? So, one thing we always did is, you know, try to teach our kids that their kids that don't get tons of presents. You know, we're incredibly blessed. You know, I think as a country, we are incredibly blessed. And most of our kids are getting too many things for Christmas. So before Christmas comes, clear out, you know, whether it be you hire an organizer to come help you decide what to keep, what to get rid of, whether you involve your kids, which honestly would be my first suggestion would be to involve your kids and say, hey, let's look at these toys. Are there some of these that you know you don't really play with anymore, that you know you're tired of cleaning up or that you feel like just you've outgrown? I know with mine, are you too big for this? Was always a motivator to kind of get them to get rid of stuff because, you know, my little boys did not want baby toys. So, um, you know, definitely something that you can start with them every year before Christmas and getting ready for that. And maybe talk about, you know, what Christmas really means to your family. Is it a religious holiday? Is it, you know, a time of giving? Is it a time to to spend time with family? Um, I'll never forget one Christmas. It was actually before I had kids. My husband and I went to Spain to spend time with my family in Spain. Um, and we were there over Christmas. It was the most different Christmas we'd ever had. There was not a present exchanged, nothing. It was amazing. It was one of the most enjoyable Christmases we had. 
there wasn't about all these presents coming. It was about all of our family getting together and eating. I will admit it was a lot of eating, but <laughs> the, the focus was not, you know, the kids weren't expecting, which, you know, Spain does not have the Santa Claus tradition. Um, you know, they do the three Kings that come in January. And so it was just kind of a different experience. Um, and you're going to go through phases in life when your kids are little, you're going to have more toys. So that's part of, goes back to that grace that we talked about at the beginning as well. Sometimes you've got to give yourself and your kids a little grace, um, to expect them to not want any toys at Christmas is kind of hard to do, especially when all their friends are getting tons of toys. Um, I love the experience gift, not only for kids, but for adults, um, you know, we started doing that with our in-law, my in-laws, they're, you know, older, they're retired, they don't need anything, they don't want anything, they're trying to get rid of things, so we started giving them theater, theater tickets, you know, a gift card to go out to dinner, things that they might not would do on their own, um, but back to the kids thing, Kelly, I would definitely have the kids come back to the playroom, wherever their toys are kept and say, okay, let's talk about this. What can we get rid of? There are kids that need these toys and take them with you to donate them. You know, find somewhere that you can donate them that you they can just walk in with you to donate those toys so that they see that it really is going to help someone else. And usually most kids are going to jump on board with that. Yeah, I love that. That's so good. And like, I'm already thinking like this is happening in like the next couple of weeks. Uh, and every time I talk to you, Maria, I'm just like so inspired. I'm like, I need to know <laughs> like my, my 45 thing to do list. I, I leave the chat with, you know, 30 more things, but it's like good things. So uh, I, I'm absolutely loving it. So many great suggestions. I'm glad. Yeah, well, uh, Maria, it has been such a pleasure to talk to you today. And um, as we discussed, you know, there's so many tangible things that I mean, anybody could walk away with after listening to this episode. Um, and for that, we are really grateful for you. Um, if you don't mind shouting out where can people find you um, online on the internet on socials, because um, for those of you who don't follow Maria um, and clearly organized, uh, there is a lot of support and resources that, uh, you know, is available if you tap into um, her social media. Um, she posts quite frequently on tips, tricks, things that you can do, um, what you can even see transform spaces as well, um, hopefully to get inspired. So um, where can everybody find you? Um, we are on Facebook, Clearly Organized NC, also on Instagram, same handle. Um, we also are on TikTok. I like to play around on TikTok. It's kind of fun. <laughs> and um, we, you know, you can reach me, email clearlyorganizednc at gmail.com. Um, you know, we, we're, we try to be out there. We love sharing tips or tricks. We actually... Um, are in the middle of kind of a transition and revamping our website and getting some things going. Um, we have a special promotion just for the holidays that we're going to do um, three hours in December and then another three hours in January. If you book both at the same time, it's kind of a drop-in organizing mm -hmm. situation, kind of help you get ready um, for a party, help you get ready for those mountains of Christmas gifts 
Christmas wrapping. I have a couple organizers. That's their favorite thing to do is wrap presents. Wow. So we're doing that. And then um, in January, the other three hours are great for, you know, getting those Christmas items put away in an organized fashion so that next year when you pull them all out, it's not mass chaos. Um, so definitely something to look for on our social media that will be coming out in the next week or so. Um, but yeah, absolutely. Anybody interested, we would love to hear from you. Just reach out. And we'll set up a time to chat. Awesome. Um, well, thank you again so much today. Like I said, you bring immense value and resources. Um, and um, we really hope that everybody really enjoyed this episode. And we thank you so much for um, agreeing to be a part of this, um, this podcasting journey for us. Like I said, you're um, our first, our first guest outside of me and Kelly talking to each other. So this is really exciting for us. So well, thank you for having me. I've enjoyed it. And I <laughs> absolutely adore you and Kelly. I'm so excited oh. for you guys. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. <laughs> thank you so much, Maria.